Like if you ever want an argument against anarchism, go to the Park Slope co-op uh, for people. Brett, you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's this famous uh, co-op grocery store where it's the dream, right? Like you sign up, you join the cooperative. They give you like a work role and a couple hours. I'm talking like just three or four hours as a cashier every couple weeks or stocking. And then you get access to really good price and, and uh, really good uh, services. And look, the food's great. And it's just a community-owned uh, grocery store, which sounds good, except they are constantly in blood feuds with each other in the store. <laughs> like while like you're not shopping even on like, like a in labor, the aisles? Yeah, like not even like uh, the stalkers don't like the cashier. I mean, just like everyone, because here's what it is. They'll go like, well, um, you know, Chick-fil-A is, is they'd like to sell some of their, their items at a little kiosk. How do we feel about that, guys? And everyone's like, boo, boo. No, nobody who oppresses other human beings will ever be welcome at the Park Slope Co-op. Yeah! <laughs> right? And, and Stephen Ross of Equinox, we will be canceling our member discount. I'm sorry, if you want to work out at Equinox, you'll do it at your own cost. Park Slope Co-op will have no part. And everyone puts their hands up. They're like, yeah! And then, here's what happened the other day. They went, and you know what? While we're looking out for oppressed people, we will not be selling Sabra hummus because of the colonization and the dehumanization <laughs> and the slaughter of the Palestinian people. Ooh. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That can't be the breaking point, guys. It's got to it, be better than it, that created a schism that has never healed <laughs> this is if this is the marks and v bakunin of our times i don't want to be alive anymore i just i just don't. just for years people could not go there and like because if you bought one sort of hummus they assumed you didn't buy the other sort of hummus for a reason and then the cashier <laughs> would be like mm, well okay can i ask you about this since we're here friend it's just you know the the, the the bakunin of our time is just writing extremely anti-semitic discourses but just about hummus no that that's <laughs> no that sounds that tracks part of me is excited about that because i kind of like the idea of having to ideologically justify everything to my cashier i already kind of have that argument in my head anytime i buy something so having it out loud i think would just be a good healthy way of you know expressing myself every time you like buy magnum condoms you have to move your feet apart a little bit just to <laughs> 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 there by the way that co-op has been trying to organize and unionize the last month and it's not going great they're never going to do it they're trying to unionize the, the co-op how is that how yes. is that difficult because they're 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 mega libs is what it is they're ah, rich park slope libs they're like okay you know what a lot of liberals just want to have the most moral position without getting their hands dirty but you know what sometimes sometimes i'm the person that unloads i unload the truck of um you know reusable bags when that when they show up at the co-op and you know what i i will i'm running the till i'm a, i'm a man of the people and that extends only so far wait how do you, you know? but how do you even unionize a cooperatively owned company like business who's the manager uh they haven't been able to figure it out so i would tell you <laughs> You can't. I don't know. I, they seem to be struggling. Are they unionizing, unionizing against, against each other? Yourself? Like a, this is a. This is there a, is management apparently. Do you okay. understand if you well, ran into the Park Slope Co-op and threw a Molotov cocktail, that would be the fourth thing that they'd get to on the course <laughs> of a given day. 
That Park Slope, for those who don't know, is also where Bill de Blasio lives to help paint a picture mm, oh, for no. you. Okay, it's yeah, it's where you, every J. Crew CEO lives. It's where uh, the guy from Star Trek lives. It's where, you know, half of girls, the HBO show, live. It's Yes. It's that place. Basically, if you're not living in Manhattan, but you are a wealthy live who wants, like, the Brooklyn coolness vibe you go to park slope if you want to buy a dildo that costs five thousand dollars in a, a sex shop that is everything neon and someone has a phd who puts the batteries in it that's park slope <laughs> I mean, uh, rob you stop you, you sold me you just stop selling you're, you're we're done now <laughs> i'm not saying it's all bad i'm just saying it has a vibe okay no no but i, I get the aesthetic in this case now. a literal vibe <laughs> Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. I'm Rob at Dumb and Awful. This is Mason at Zizek Thadi. And this is Nathan at Mark's Madness Pod. This is going to be a mostly good and or dumb only episode because I need that. So mostly positive news or fun news. Yes. So one real fun positive piece of news. Uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz is facing a primary challenger, <laughs> which always makes me smile. First, I get angry when I remember that she exists. And has held the job. Yes. She's facing a challenge in 2019. <laughs> she had she had another one in 16. Uh, so so the current challenger is also like a Bernie inspired dim sock. Yeah. So an actual like pause improvement, not just another lib, um, which in South Florida has been a lot of the primaries have just been like lib on lib violence. Um <laughs> which is the saddest form of violence uh really i, I think the rohingya might have something to say about that <laughs> no it, it's just incredibly tragic when people tear each other apart over slightly differentiated means tested policy <laughs> it's the futurama thing with the two twins arguing back and forth about who has worse policy and they're they're identical <laughs> Is is the bad lady from Florida too? Oh, yes. did you not know that? Yeah, I didn't know she was is. from Florida either. <laughs> no, no, Brett, I stopped engaging with electoral uh, politics a long time uh, ago. I had no idea that the bad lady was also from my Florida. sweet, sweet friends. They're all from Florida. Oh, <laughs> I mean, electorally, it makes sense, right? Like, why would you not stack your party with people who can bring constituents in the big swing states, like? All due respect to wherever the fuck you guys are from. It's not Florida, so no one gives a shit. Florida. Are you saying Florida gets to dictate isn't electorally everything? important? No, the founding fathers <laughs> basically said that. <laughs> hey, now Missouri's a bellwether state. We matter. Yeah, the, no one. If you ask people to define the term bellwether, nobody would know what that meant. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, yeah, mo, take right. a pass. Oh, everybody knows what that is. It's uh, Belle Delphine's new line of cologne. You do not know anything about Belle Delphine. Number one, <laughs> number two, she would not put out a cologne. She might do an eau de toilette at max. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, I, you know, <laughs> you st- just stick with what you know, right? <laughs> there are plenty of e-girls I'm sure you could speak on authoritatively. <laughs> Don't come for the queen. <laughs> I've seen your cash app. <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob has a full bucket of bathwater from Melodelphine that, you know, will really negate your authority on the subject, Brett. <laughs> I'll have you know. Uh, I'm a classy gentleman. I keep one e thought, and that's all I need. <laughs> Temperance, just like the Bible preaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the thing about Florida politics, if you're not familiar with it, is Florida, by and large, has no young people outside of a handful of corridors. And when I say no young people, I well and truly mean none. Like, unlike many other states. Nobody, I say nobody, no white people, American people were in Florida until very recently, right? Andrew Jackson came down there and just did genocides. He was the first governor. No, it was like and then the, even Semin- still, the Seminole Wars, right? Yeah, yeah, that was Andrew Jackson. Yeah, in which they just did a genocide yeah, to free up a bunch of territory that they were like, all right, this is just swamps. No one wants this. And they just left. Yeah, so even post-genocide, there's very little <laughs> going on except the the tribes that were able to bunker down and, and sort of continue living there. And then the whole, I don't know if you noticed, but like South Florida, cocaine cowboys, all that sort of stuff brought a lot of people down there, but there were people that were not interested in building communities. Like a good number of the homes built there were just stash homes that were owned by people off books somewhere very far away. So the population there, the actual population that lives there, registers and votes, doesn't have ties to it by and large. They don't have multi-generational families where people are different ages. They have old people that move there, settle in, and just are interested on voting about their fixed income issues. This is why Trump still dominates retirees, right? Because he goes, we're not going to change shit. We're going to continue catering to you no matter what. And in places like Miramar, that's 100% of the population. Now, Weston has a little bit more of the I'm a woke lib mentality, mm-hmm. but that only goes so far. So it's not surprising that Bernie-style challengers do not do well in places where the vast majority are over 65 years old or making over one or 200 grand a year. Weston homes are regularly some of the highest priced in Broward yeah. County. I mean, Dan Marino lives in Weston. You know, like that's... <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, Dan Marino seems woke. He's... <laughs> well, uh, swing Dan, Marino, on Dan that Marino seems no. like he's on the team. <laughs> Look, D- Danny, Danny can sling the ball. He also slings a good slur, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but but he does the fun football show with the black man. He can't be racist, I don't, I don't right? think he's on that show anymore, is he? Because he was too racist. Thought... He famously has a temper. <laughs> that, no, that I'm tracks, actually. That tracks. Yeah, what are the odds of a, Unf- a ri- unfounded allegations against Dan Marino? That's a rich and famous Italian man with lots of head trauma. I'm not sure he's going to make the most woke decisions <laughs> later in life. <laughs> anyway, Wasserman Schultz being in there as long as she has makes sense because all she has to do is tell people, I'm not touching anything. And people go, oh, wow, we love our Debbie. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. She uh, The only reason she's finally started getting primary challengers is because she was so terrible on the national stage that people finally went, oh, shit, that's who our representative is? She seems terrible. And so now there's like an active movement to get rid of her. That would rule. 
But yeah, so hopefully Wasserman, uh, Wasserman Schultz will get knocked out this time. There's some two two good pieces of Bernie news came out this week. Uh, one, he just put out his uh, marijuana legalization plan today, and it fucking rules. <laughs> Blaze it for Bernie, boys. He did it at 420. That's fucking... I you didn't notice that, but man. I love that. It, it's everything you want. It's wide legalization, expunge all the records and release people, and then reinvest the money in local communities along with doing the licensing uh, in the local communities yeah. that have suffered under drug laws. Like, it's fucking amazing. It's, it's basically it's, what San Francisco has done, except that San Francisco expelled all their black people from the like city, so it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. But, like, on a national scale, it would make a real difference. It's actually what Illinois' original recreational law was going to be. And and they have the... Illinois has, like, the most progressive version of recreational. This this plan's better than that, though. This is, like, the best version I have seen by far. It's fucking amazing. Like, this should be the gold standard. Absolutely, everybody should be signing on to this. Like, this is what you should do for legalization. Um, So, full support for that. The other bit of good Bernie news... The Guardian put out this article where they broke down the backgrounds of people donating to Bernie. So that they show the donations by candidates in the primary. Um, every working class job totally dominated by Bernie donations, right? But so uh, there are some surprises in there, though. Like, oh, wow, there's a decent number of police that donate to Bernie. Like, that's weird. But ah, the one I really enjoyed that was wonderful to see was, was uh, the military. Yeah. So in the military, Bernie, uh, so of people who donate to Democrats in the military, it's pretty much all Bernie. There is uh, the second largest chunk is Buttigieg. So Bernie had something like 40 or 50% of all the donations for Democrats from the military. Buttigieg had like 20% and then it was just chopped up for everybody else. Buttigieg, I can tell you right now, is just officers. 100%. <laughs> it's just, that's yeah. just, that's just white yeah. lib officers who went to the academy. Like he's he's fucking custom tailored for a dude who like went to the academy, did the military, and then wants to go to Harvard afterwards. Look, he took that photo in front of uh, in that base in Afghanistan. He's fu- he's basically served very seriously. <laughs> in which he's but he's he's the go-to candidate for if you're a privileged psychopath because <laughs> no one who's privileged who joins the military deserves any sort of sympathy. Like you're a fucking psychopath. But so Bernie gets a huge chunk and then they went one further and they were like, okay, well, it might be meaningless. This is just Democratic donors. And so they did all donations, including Republicans. And compared to Trump, Bernie's donations are not that far off from the military. No, it's really, I'm trying to figure out where all the rest of those are going because that list is chunked up at the end. And I'm like, how many many fucking candidates are there that you're donating to? Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, when you break out the donations um, behind Bernie, behind Kamala, Pete Buttigieg, the fourth uh, leading candidate is actually, it just says a Dodge Charger, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't, I didn't know he or she was running, but good for them. They're, they're, they're building a war chest. The recruiter said it was running. <laughs> nice. That had me wrong. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so trump had something like 40 percent of the donations bernie had like 30 percent. it wasn't that far off it was amazing i expected trump to be like double so that means like a significant chunk of the military is pro bernie or at least anti-trump enough like i know the military is very dumb and filled reactionaries but i'm walking around new york and there's all like federal buildings and whatever I don't know if you ever noticed this, but federal buildings always have photos of the executive and mm-hmm. the V. Yeah. If I was in the military and I had to constantly 
like walk by photos of the commander in chief and it's just that dumb fucking mug. <laughs> uh, did he not get to pick it or does he think that's the best photo of him? I don't know. But you would get real sick of like the caddy vanity fair comment section guy being your alpha commander really quick, I would think. Uh, I mean, I would just make the argument it's it's people responding to material conditions. Yeah. Someone's finally talking directly to them. They're responding as you would expect. I still think it's easy. And this, the military thing shows it is that you don't, you know, Bernie is not preaching to the military. He's not talking specifically to the military. But if you just talk to people's actual material conditions, like that's what actually people give a yeah. shit about. Like that's all people at the end of the day give a shit about. And if all of the policies you're putting out there are things that would, I don't care if you're in the military, out of the military, whatever. I'm not putting military on a, on a pedestal because they're in the military but i'm saying you have the same material conditions i do and if we respond in the same way to that then yeah you're on my side let's go let's roll out cops not so much i don't i don't like i'm not, I'm not so i disagree yet. a little he does speak directly to the military and he's been really good with va stuff he does talk about that a lot whenever he does anything military related or military adjacent it comes up a lot so he does talk directly to like we want to make sure you actually get the benefits you enlisted for and that like yeah. you get real health care all that jazz, right? He does talk about that, which I like. Well, I think that would solve. I mean, I think that's where the the and and Brett, you you know this way better than I would. So tell. I mean, if 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 we were to pass Bernie's version of Medicare for all, would there be a need for the VA anymore? Like, what 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 would be the what would be the distinction yeah. at that point? If I we're mean, all theoretically on the same. I would say yes, system? but you would just make the VA a specialized group, right? So you could like scale it down a ton, but you still need PTSD specialists, right? Yeah, that makes sense. You you still yeah. need specialists who know how to treat these like IED wounds, which are really bad and like get dirt and sand like jammed up in you, you get like weird bacterial infections. Like it's really horrific. So like you need specialists to deal with that. Especially stuff. in a nationalized healthcare system, that is the sort of specialty hospital that you would hope the government would be providing. Yes, but you could you could yeah. scale back the like regular services, right? A lot of this stuff is like more regular, but you would definitely want to keep all the mental health professionals and all the specialists. That, that, in my head, is what you would do with the VA under that system. So those already exist in the VA. And honestly, the regular care is what blows. So you, you'd be getting, like, the best part of it you'd be keeping, basically. Third good thing for Bernie, the uh, Arianators came out. Oh, yeah. Powerful voting block. Honestly, true. The Bernie Twitter account retweeted an Ariana Grande tweet about, like, how you doing today, baby? And it was something like, ready to fight for Medicare for all. And then Ariana Grande got fucking excited about it. <laughs> and so now, now her whole fan base is flipping out about Bernie and it rolls. First of all, say Ariana Grande, not Grandy. She hasn't faked being Latinx <laughs> for a decade for you to butcher her name like that. Grande. I mean, you say it every time you go to Starbucks. How? I mean, I don't know how you, how you botch that. Ariana Grande. Yeah, you have to say it like that every time. But she seems very excited about both AOC and Bernie as of today. So yeah, that rules. Not bad. Damn shame that we're gonna have to appropriate all our wealth. <laughs> she, I mean, listen, I, Cardi B seems to understand. If I'm paying all these taxes, we better get better shit. Look, class traders are good. Yeah, no. Yes. To quote Cardi B, vote for Daddy Bernie, bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, unrelated to Bernie. Gaming is a super reactionary in general. I think we all agree. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see at least 14 different <laughs> examples, please. Well, that's look, you're looking in all the wrong place. Of course, you've played Call of Duty. Yeah, you're going to find some really reactionary, like, Deus Fault shit. 
But if you play other games like Final Fantasy XIV, they don't even let you make an account unless you're trans. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the biggest MMO in the world right now. They finally killed World of Warcraft. So there's good work, too. Damn. <laughs> uh, there is an interesting move towards leftism within just even within the gaming sphere between uh, all the gamers realizing that these companies are doing predatory capitalistic practices practices just to get their money without providing anything of actual value that's been fun to watch gamers realize that one then you have the developers starting to organize because they're tired of being fucking abused but even better we're starting to get actual leftist games that are good this month we had two rpgs come out one just came out but two leftist rpgs came out First uh, was Disco Elysium, which literally has all of the Chapo people doing voices. Wait, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah you, you're going to have to actually explain this because I have no fucking clue what Disco Elysium is. So, okay, so Disco Elysium oh, get on the train, is, uh, I just beat it. It was amazing. Disco Elysium is like Planescape Torment, but a noir detective story with really heavy uh, leftist and anarchist overtones and conversations and, and plotting. But you're a detective. Uh, it's like a you know hard-boiled noir. has all of the noir vibe to it. Uh, but you're in a setting where there was a, a socialist revolution and all of the lib governments in the world got together to come crush it. And now they have taken the sovereignty of the nation you're in and have just been slowly grinding down the people. So you're trying to solve a murder, a murder of a mercenary who is there to crush a strike in a district that hasn't been rebuilt since it was invaded 50 years ago and destroyed by the coalition government. That is the setting. That's the backdrop. So it's, there's a lot of revolutionary talk and fervor. You can just be a communist, which I was like, yes, I'm going to do that one. Thank you. Uh, It's, it's incredible. You can do some fun lefty stuff, but that's also like a really good vessel for fascists because you could absolutely equally use that as a fun fascism yeah, fascists simulator. Yeah, really like um, Hearts of Iron. Does this even give you the option to play anything right of center? Like, or are you just like, you're left? There's like a uh, uh, monarchist thing you can play, but I've, I've been enjoying yeah. the comments because everybody who tries is like, it's so boring. And it's just terrible. And it's just lazily written. <laughs> They're like, you could tell they just hated these people. And it's like, yes, that's correct. Fuck Good. you. Because <laughs> that's like, like I like I want I want a Call of Duty game where I just get to play as the uh terrorists for whatever reason or another. Like I I that's not even an option given to me. Like just give me yeah, equal. Let me play Hezbollah. Please. But it's so so that one came out two weeks ago. That one also came out this month. It's been developed by this like tiny indie studio. They've been writing it for like a decade. There's no corporate control, anything like that. And it was a bestseller on Steam for like four days running. So it's doing okay. There is no action. The entire game is dialogue choices. And it's so well done. People are freaking out about it. Like normal gamers who are not in the left of shit are really into it, which is wonderful. And then... Because the whole thing that they've nailed, it seems like, is that like everyone who plays RPG, like a lot of people at least who play RPGs are like, man, I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I can't play Dungeons and Dragons. And this is the closest thing I'll get. Um, and this is acceptable. And this one like just like takes the mask off and gets actual like dice rolls and shit like that yeah. and really gets into the role-playing part of it, which is like, yes, that's what we wanted. Give us yeah, that. Yeah, they do, they do a lot of really interesting role-play things. But then, then... Uh, this is the big one. Look, Disco Elysium yeah. is like a... I've been playing choice of games, games which are like all text-based, so there's no graphical assets. It's all dice rolls and skills and making your decision and reading along. And this is just like 
the best implementation of that basically. But as good as that is, Outer Worlds is like, this is going to be huge. Yeah. So then Outer Worlds came out today. And Outer Worlds is uh, the people who did Fallout New Vegas. It's Obsidian. The people who made all the initial Fallouts. Knights of the Old Republic games. Knights of the Old Republic they games. Did, uh, they did Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. The vibe I get from reading the interviews is they're so tired of being fucked by corporations, <laughs> the developers. These guys who've done all this incredible yeah. writing. So they put out a game called Outer Worlds, which is, from what everybody has described it as so far, it is Fallout New Vegas in space but all about labor issues. The entire game is about yeah. labor issues. Every single thing you do is a choice of whether or not you're helping labor or the corporations run these colonies. It's Class War Simulator 2019. Yeah. It is, it's, it's everything yeah, no, I've That's wanted. what space is going to be. It's essentially these corporate colonies where Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are your overlord and you're a serf towards their Mars colony. Yeah, that's... A, that's the precise sort of world that they've built for this. So that's two, that's two in one month of like true leftist games. Uh, and the obsidian one, even more so than disco Elysium, because it is about labor struggles. Well, and the thing, and you got to think about it too. Like these are, these weren't, you said it like the disco Elysium guys have been writing this for 10 years. I mean, outer worlds, like the development cycle on a game. It's not like these people got radicalized yesterday and then popped out a game. Like you can see these undercurrents like rising kind of up, through again in this case it's the game industry because i mean if there is a more reactionary um yeah. industry out there i i'm i'm struggling to think of it i'm sure someone can come up with clan hood manufacturing probably is more reactionary but you know to see those people kind of like actively saying fuck you no we can do it and doing it in a hyper successful way they're doing this in capitalism i mean <laughs> these games are going to make a fuckload of money yeah the fact that the development cycle on this stuff is so long means that they reached a precipice where they could sell to the marketplace the idea of doing this style of game several years ago right like if you want yeah. to talk about the contradictions of of capitalism uh coming to a head if this becomes a trend and it's a copycat industry i mean that's really how late capitalism works oh, yeah. right we are going to have corporations selling you games about how corporations will exploit you <laughs> outer worlds has no right to be this radical and, and yet <laughs> no. every indication is that this is the sort of game that could not get made even five years ago i desperately want to know everything that happens to figure out exactly how radical it is but i want to just go spoil myself and figure out exactly how awesome this is and how how you know what the actual and like i don't want them to waffle like i want them to stick this all the way through and have me just impaling capitalists the kotaku review seems to indicate that that is very much what that game is about for genre they put class struggle simulator that's that's what that's where we're at this is also one of those cases i i would posit where uh capitalism's mercenary mentality and the way that that psychology has affected every person living under it is a good thing because even though it's bad for capitalism as a system to keep producing these radical sorts of uh, games and movies and all that individual capitalists and businesses in there operating on a fuck you got mine schedule do not care about that yeah. they're like what do the kids want right now it's space and elon musk tries to kill you fucking fine let's do it we'll get paid more than the other guy and if everyone thinks that and we have the marvel movie phenomenon but for fuck capital labor games amazing let's do it 
Dig your own grave. Rob, you literally just summarized capital like better than anyone. <laughs> yeah, so did. I don't need to read that shit. You understand? I'm so smarted <laughs> from doing drugs and, and just thinking about shit. You wasted all this time summarizing capital when Rob could have just done it in like 12 seconds for you. Bro, I knew that. I knew that shit. <laughs> I mean, I always knew that was the case. But, you know, I have to have some sort of radar on I'm like, I, so often I'm like, I could have written that shit, but I don't. You know? And that's on me. <laughs> The fact that video games are now getting leftist propaganda in them is so fucking good and positive. Like, I, I, I'm so excited about that. Also, every single time Ubisoft uh, puts out a game like Ghost Recon Breakpoint and gets a reaction, Brett, you, you were uh, sort of, you paid attention to their, their quarterly conference call. Uh, they were saying like, hmm, it seems like people are mad at us for releasing an unfinished game. They don't want any part of our DLC. They've come to really resent us. The more people start to see not just the corporations in the in-world fiction, but the real Electronic Arts, Bethesda, Ubisoft companies as not looking out for their interests, but in fact adversarial to their enjoyment of art and media and life, that's only going to be good for the left. Yeah. It's shocking to watch the gaming community move left because I would never have expected that. But really positive, honestly, across the board on that one. The companies overreached and they got too predatory with their behavior, which made everybody realize how fucking evil the capitalists are. Uh, it helps that every time one of your favorite studios gets bought by a major company, they immediately turn into shit. Uh, a lot of the Blizzard conversation we talked about last week has been tinged by the fact on the gamer side that they were bought out by a much bigger company and all the Blizzard people at the top have left. So if they go, hey, well, why do they suddenly seem to be doing sketchy shit just for money? Oh, look, a giant company just bought them. And watching gamers reach that logical conclusion has been a delight. So all positive news on well no i'm gonna say all positive news but positive news on the gaming oh, front let's not, not, not get care let's not get terribly carried away yeah. but yeah we've got some hope and that's more than i could say a month ago about the gaming yeah. community i would just say too that one cherry on top of all this is as people economically sort of become more class conscious through art and gaming um thanks to gamergate uh, all this is happening, and we can still look at some big-ass titties and revealing <laughs> costumes and shit, because women still have no place in the community, huh? Yeah. Shout out to the boys. You play The Witcher 3, you know what I'm talking about. The Witcher 3 is actually Slavic <laughs> culture, and you can't change it. That is true. Many have tried. None have succeeded. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Genghis Khan couldn't uh, change Slavic culture, so there's no way that electronic arts is going to. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Uh, other, other little bit of positive news from today that cracked me up. Uh, Ted Danson got arrested doing a practice. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew I loved Ted Danson, but I always suspected he had reactionary politics. So this made me happy. Even if he's just a lib, that's a, an improvement. Oh, come on. He did three men and a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He was in there. That was a trailblazer. <laughs> what if three men had a baby? They'd probably be like, oh, do these jeans make me look fat? And then the baby's out on a girder <laughs> on a construction site. It, it's classic. It's classic radical thought. <laughs> if you read Deleuze, you'd understand this. <laughs> uh, yeah. But he got arrested with uh, Jane Fonda doing a climate protest in D.C. today. So hey, good for you today. We're talking I, about I, I, we're talking about a delightful man who did a little praxis 
And now we'll hopefully light, radicalize. We'll call this light praxis. Yes, we'll call this. Light yeah, no. Praxis. Well, now my hope is after Good Place ends, he'll say I'm only doing shows for Means TV from now on. <laughs> a delightful man who did a little praxis and is immediately shit on for no observable reason. Now you know how I feel as a trot. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! <laughs> he did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, no. Proles the round table. I defy you to come up with one thing Trotsky did wrong and debate me. <laughs> cowards. <laughs> All of you are cowards and will not debate me. No, he didn't get an ice pick in his skull soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, getting assassinated is a thing that happens to people with cool ideas or <laughs> trying to change the world. That puts him in league with a lot of great people. You know who didn't get assassinated? Stalin. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> they tried. So, proles to the round they table. So if you want to be on the side of Reagan and Stalin, that's on you. But the debate floor is open, yeah, no, cowards. No, I, I would say that Stalin <laughs> is basically a Reaganist. Objectively, as someone that's going on that show, <laughs> proles to the round table is on the side of Stalin. Like That's not a debatable fact. Yeah. <laughs> they're okay with that. I, I think I can speak for the group when I say they're okay with that. <laughs> I asked them. You can ask them. Ask them about this story because uh they were in brooklyn the other day at a show and we were talking a little bit and i challenged them a debate and instead of agreeing to it they pee-peed and poo-pooed in their pants <laughs> so you let me know ask them if they did pee-pee and poo-poo and whether or not they're ready to debate trotsky <laughs> the logic dojo is gonna get real full real fast you i'm gonna hit bullet time with trotsky references you're not gonna be able to see them coming <laughs> and all of a sudden they're gonna hit you at once <laughs> now i'm just imagining the super the super hot enemies but all of them with trotsky's <laughs> head and you're not shooting you're just throwing ice picks and that's that's the game we need to make right now that's the next leftist game guys come on that is the most boomer joke see that that's you, you got to innovate on the anti-trotsky stuff that's like, oh, I see you're a socialist, and yet you live in a home. No, you got to move past that. That's not doing the work you think it is every time you say it. Yeah, make fun of his dumbass glasses. No, no. Look, it's just direct democracy, permanent revolution, and we have the means to do internationalism now. Think about it, boys. Think about it. You don't, you don't have to read books where people said thee and thou anymore. We live in 2019. Get an iPhone and figure it out. No, you don't have to read books oh, yeah. at all. Do you understand? I just theorized capital accidentally. That's about the level of Trotsky brain I'm on right now. <laughs> I'm getting ready. To, I'm getting ready to, to, retro, to retroactively take that back. <laughs> the way this episode's deteriorating, I'm starting to question the footnotes. Wow, respecting Trotsky's thought and then trying to take it back and pretend it never happened. What are you, Stalin? <laughs> <laughs> Looks up at picture of Stalin in Pod Cave. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I'm sitting next to a copy of Mein Kampf right now in this library, so I got some weird ideological energy going. Well, oh, when in Austria, God. huh? When in Austria, yeah. Also, how are you recording a podcast in a library? What the I am hell? in I, I am in a house that the school I'm studying with owns. So I'm renting a room out of this. It's it's very weird. Anyways, they have a library here. I didn't I didn't know that they had on campus housing at the Adolf Hitler School for Economics. <laughs> <laughs> Adolf Hitler's school for gifted boys and girls. <laughs> very special boys and girls with very specific racial traits. So this is the bathroom. It is communal, but let me show you to your Liebenstraum. <laughs> <laughs> there are just some very strong feelings about the, the racial makeup of the Slavs. Yeah, I think he thought of us as more of a species than a race, but who had the last laugh? We did, <laughs> with five watches on top of the Reichstag. <laughs> One, if you believe Stalin. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to end with some Florida stories. This should not be illegal, by the way. Florida woman uh, was pulled over for having a man in a dog cage in the back of her truck. How is that illegal? Yeah. <laughs> you should be allowed to do that. And of course, she was driving an F-150, in case, in case you're curious what truck model. Uh, but yeah, he's a, yeah, this a dude's Ford in a kennel. F-150. It's like a middle-aged... It's a middle-aged white dude. Uh, he's got his stash, his shades on. This looks like uh, every Twitter profile pic of the guy responding to Trump saying, great job, <laughs> sir. Just sitting shirtless in a dog cage in the back of a Ford F-150. I guarantee you both of these people are happier than I've ever been. Until they got stopped, they by, got the stopped by the cops for no reason. I assumed when you said that he looked like a MAGA chud, he does. Uh, that this woman might have been, might have captured one of these guys in the wild and was taking him <laughs> out for like, I don't know, like humane release in the ocean or something. And not, not that this was his kink. I skipped over that. So, well, here's the option. fun. We don't actually know if it was a kink or if uh, like a MAGA chud leprechaun, she captured him <laughs> and was shaking him down in order to get his sweet, sweet grift dollars before releasing him back into the wild. I have a feeling that could be answered by what he did immediately after being let out of the cage by the police. Because if he went, oh my God, thank God you're here, and then went screaming delirious into the forest, like, that's one thing. If he very calmly went, oh, hello, officer, Uh, I have my ID, (laughs) I just need to reach, I'm going to slowly reach back into my anus and remove it, (laughs) because I thought this might happen. Again, nobody knows. That's the mystery of the article. It's right now the police report hasn't been officially filed, so nobody can do the sunshine law request. Why are the police involved in this? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. This just seems fine. Look, you can throw a cooler full of like, you know, shiners and guppies and fucking bait fish unsecured in the back of any truck and no one gives a fuck. And you aren't even fucking those animals. This is someone that you have a real connection to and they've consented to be back there. Why does the BSO, why does the Broward Sheriff's Office have to come in and interrupt this? All about ruining their fun. This is, cops. this is police overreach. <laughs> are, we, are we moving you from a, from a trot to an anarchist now, Rob? Is that the, the direction we're going here? Uh, no, trots can be sufficiently horny. <laughs> okay, I would argue that trots are actually the horniest possible ideology you can have. That feels right. That does feel right. I don't have facts to support it, like a trot, but it feels right. (laughs) There's no real world thing I can point to, but in my imagination, it's true. Damn good in my head. So yeah, it's just it's just all fit pics and pamphlets all the way down. What what makes you think fit pics? This is look. This is another deep dive into Brett's mind. You your brain (laughs) went horny stuff. What are like horny trot stuff? And you landed on fit pic. Fit pics are not inherently horny. The fact that Brett went to that as his first reference for horniness, it raises some questions, No, it's Brett. my second. I went it's thirst trap. It's your second trap. horniness reference. Yeah, You're yeah. right. No, no, no. My brain went thirst trap, but I, I, I wanted to get the F sound from fit and pamphlet together. So in my head, a fit pic is a related but not entirely the same thing as a thirst trap. So what you're saying is you have a horny connotation with fit pics. Some of them, yes. All right. Glad we got to the bottom yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Especially like like when uh, Tulsi Gabbard posts those, which the, the like work outfit picks. In my head, I'm like, that's basically a thirst trap. We know where your head's at. Yeah, that's going real great for that. That's a that's a good one to associate. Let's. <laughs> 
right here at the end. Let's just tie Tulsi on this oh, one. Oh, I'm, I'm cutting this all bit. So. Look, a lot of... Good, oh, good. You see, that's, how you, that's how you know I got him. He's, <laughs> he's like Tucker Carlson. You finally pin him down, and he's going to cut it out. You, you caught Brett being extremely horny for Tulsi, and you, he's just going to cut it out. Buddy, this is the true Brett, the Brett you never see. This is true life fucking Brett. <laughs> He cuts it fastidiously, so he seems like a, a normal person. <laughs> this is like if Patrick Bateman had a podcast. <laughs> it'd just be a, it'd be a lot on music and not a lot on all the other shit. <laughs> all right, well, so I, that about does it. I'm Rob at Dumb and Awful, and I have nothing going on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, Mason. I'm at Zizek Thotty. And, uh, you know, if you want to send me money via my cash app, feel free. <laughs> I, I'm Nathan at Mark's Madness Pod. I do that with another person named David who has never shown up on any of these episodes. So you all don't know if he exists or not. We we talk about books and shit. At this point, Nathan, David to me is just your like uh, Fight Club-esque alter personality. <laughs> You're just doing a slightly different <laughs> voice. Exactly. It's just one person doing the podcast and you just lose consciousness and <laughs> now you're the other dude. And you see yourself across the table listening and being like, mm, that's a great point, David. And you just switch your voices back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 makes a lot more goddamn sense, honestly, than the way it actually ends up working. So I mean, but, yeah, let's run with that. That's a grift I can oh, get behind. Awesome. Um but yeah, thanks for listening. All this is uh, Brett Relentless Board. Uh, I do some baking streams now. We're going to do some Halloween ones this week. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Uh.